Celebrate the historic 100th Greeley Stampede, June 23rd through July 4th, featuring concerts, rodeo, carnival, and more. Tickets available at GreeleyStampede.org. It's time for the Rockies Rundown, talking all things Colorado Rockies baseball. Here are your hosts, Jerry Schimmel and Tanner Schwint. Good Thursday afternoon, Northern Colorado. It is time to talk some Rockies baseball. Don't worry, everybody. The bandwagon is still rolling. The hype bus that I'm driving is still good. I've got no brakes on this vehicle, so if it goes off the edge of a cliff, it's going to go off the edge of the cliff, and I'm going down with it. Who's coming with us? Uh, welcome into Rockies Rundown, presented by Autoplex. Jerry Schimmel, voice of the U- uh, voice of the UNC Bears, voice of the Colorado Rockies, joining us. Jerry, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tanner. How about you? Well, I hope I'm still maybe you know the voice of the the Bears too. That's right. No, yeah, it's you're a man of many talents. <laughs> I don't know about that, but but I do have a couple jobs. That is that is that is right, Jerry. Well, uh, uh, let's see. The Rockies fall to eight and four after uh, not being able to complete the series sweep against the Phillies. Eight and four start, Jerry. That is, I think that's better than anybody expected. No, you got to be happy with that if you're a Rockies fan. No question about it. And I know there's some naysayers out there and some some people who think, oh, it's just another good April start. There have been plenty of those, and then they'll fall off. And that very well could be. We'll have to wait and see on that. But you know what? Anytime your team can start eight and four in Major League Baseball, Tanner, you got to be happy about that. Especially when a, a team is projected to win sixty-eight games like the Rockies are. So I think they've surprised some people with the the way they've kind of played together and and had some really nice comeback wins. Uh, yesterday was a little bit disappointing with a bullpen, but other than that, you know, things have gone really well so far. We're knocking on wood with this team. Now it has gone exceptionally well, and you look at the the people that they played against, right? I mean, the Dodgers outside of the series they played against the Rockies have been damn near unbeatable. I mean, I know uh, Max Freed and the Braves got him a couple nights ago, but that was with Max Freed pitching a perfect game five and a third innings into that. So uh, the Dodgers series, Jerry, a lot of people are kind of just writing that off, saying, "Well." just the first series i still think there's some validity to it oh i do too and, and i think it's going to be really interesting to see how these two teams pair as the season goes on you know you got to play them 19 times and and then there's that crazy series at the end of the year where you're playing six in a row in los angeles let's hope there's something to play for for the rockies that we expect after the dodgers but hope that's the case with the the rockies as well but no i i think the dodgers will tell you hey this Rockies team is different they they feel different they look different they beat us two out of three and they threw some really good pitching and some timely hitting at us and it's probably a different team a better team than it was a year ago i guarantee you that's what the dodgers are saying. I can say this, Tanner. I can tell you that Dodgers radio announcers and TV announcers told us after that series that same thing. That same thing you and I have been talking about, Tanner, for a month now with this team, and that is just a different feel, a different vibe. It's just a, a different group that seems to to be really resilient, really uh, uh, happy to play with each other, a great clubhouse, and I think it really shows on the field. And the Dodgers announcers said that same thing. Yeah, and it does. It's evident. And when you win series like they've been doing, haven't lost a series yet to start the year, that's an incredible accomplishment in and of itself. Uh, by the way, if you've got questions, text them in 888-530-0043, 888-530-0043. So how hot of a start has it been for the Rockies? Well, they've only won eight, uh, eight of the first 11 games four times in history including this year back in 97 they went eight and three that was resulted in an 83 and 79 year in 2011 jerry you recall uh, they were nine and two 
ended up at 73 and 89 to end the year. And then, of course, in 2020, not long ago, they started 8 and 3 and went 26 and 34 in that 60 game series. Those uh, uh, 60 game season, uh, those uh, stats, uh, courtesy of Patrick Saunders, our friend over at the Denver Post. But, Jerry, do you do. I think I take that and just set it aside. Yeah, history can repeat itself at times, but the feel about this team and the depth of the the bats that they have in this lineup, I don't think they're going to have a. I don't think they're going to fall off here too much. I don't think so either. I, I think they're kind of built to to sustain this, and, and and I say that because it's a group of the core group is a bunch of veteran players, the position players and pitchers both in the bullpen and that rotation. Guys have been around the block a, a many, many times, Tanner. And usually what happens, not all the time, I think the biggest factor is probably injuries when a team falls off as you proceed through the year. But a lot of times it's younger players just don't know how to handle they don't know how to handle a 162-game schedule or they get in a slump and don't, go out, don't, go out, don't know how to get out of it. I think there's a group of players here led by Bryant and Gritchick and C.J. Crone and, and Diaz that have been through that before and know how – to sustain for the long the long period, so it's not like they're relying on a bunch of rookies to, to, to sustain sustain them for the entire season. They're going to be led by by a group of experienced veterans and all ten are just really good guys that just want to go out and play hard and play baseball. So, and and you can throw that 2020 season out. You can throw that one out. I know that was a great start for the Rockies. That was a COVID year, and the biggest factor there is the reason they fell off is because I wasn't doing the games. You and I weren't doing the show back then. <laughs> I think that's the only explanation for that Jerry I, I think that's the yeah. only explanation and and good news for everybody is that Jerry is doing the games and we've got this show rolling uh, for you so I, I don't expect the fall out uh, on that one but I think the the case that that I make and the one example that I really point to to say this team is different is that game that I feel like they stole from Philly Tuesday night uh, when they were down in that game uh, and uh, Charlie Blackman comes up he grinds through an at bat gets the walk Chris Bryant beats out an infield single. And C.J. Crone sees five fastballs and cutters, waits, finally gets a slider, middle, middle part of the zone, down low, and just blasts it. But now you don't just have one guy with that, that, that power and, and can smack home runs. You've got guys in front of him and all around him that can protect him to get him into that situation where all it takes is one swing of the bat. Yeah, exactly right. And, and Tanner, just the three guys you mentioned in that sequence right there on Tuesday night. Uh, three veterans, right? It's Chris Bryant, it's Charlie Blackman, and C.J. Crone. Those are the kind of players that will sustain you for the long period. And those are the, the three guys that came up, like you said, and had those great at-bats and started that comeback for the Rockies. So, you know what's interesting about this team, too, is there's some guys that even started hitting yet. Right. I mean, Charlie Blackman's hitting two twenty five. Brendan Rodgers is at oh ninety five. He's, what is he, four for Forty four, something yeah, like that. We're going to talk about him in the next you segment. Know? Yeah, for yeah, sure. And, and Ryan McMahon hasn't really found his stride yet. So, I mean, it's not like they're just bashing and they're still winning. And I, I need to tell the listening audience this. This team should be nine and three because you and Brady were in the booth yesterday and you messed everything up. Hey now, so, uh, hey now, it was the and, inning and we after we left. It was the inning after <laughs> we left that things blew up. All right, Schwarber did hit a bomb in there yeah. that uh, yeah. uh, I don't know why you shut your mic off when you said it, uh, Jerry. But you said he's got Tanner power. I was hoping that all the listeners uh, uh, to the broadcast were going to get to hear that, but uh, apparently, apparently that's against some some sort of rules that you guys have in place. Uh, uh, 
you know, you know, folks, it was fun. Uh, Brady and Tanner came into the game yesterday and came in the booth, and we just had a lot of fun with that one. But, you know, uh, the three of us, you and I and Brady, could not overcome four home runs by the Phillies yesterday. So no. I will not pin that one on you, I Okay, promise. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. But, you know, when you're talking about this lineup and the hot start, C.J. Crone looks like he's just seeing a beach ball come down uh, with those pitches right now. He's locked in. But it, I, I do have to put the caveat out there. I, I hate to hate to be that guy, Jerry, but some of the guys that you said aren't hitting, well, there's some guys that I expect to kind of cool off a little bit. You talk about Jose Iglesias and the start that he's had. Hey, you know, that that will average out. I don't think Connor Joe's going to stay this hot forever, and hell, he might. But there's some of those guys that have been hitting the ball really, really well that should cool off at a certain point. Yeah, I, I think so. And and again, we're only two weeks in the season, so it's really I think it's kind of hard to tell. And CJ Crone will kind of come off that cloud a little bit, but he's still a thirty home run guy and may a possibly a hundred RBI guy. Charlie Blackman's going to hit better. Charlie's not the same hitter he used to be, but you know Charlie's going to get you fifteen to twenty home runs and hit you know two seventy five. I think Brendan, uh, Ryan McMahon's a very talented player. He's going to come back around. Brendan Rogers right the question mark he just doesn't seem to have the timing down but no you're right some of these guys will come back but still i think when you look at guys like chris bryant who really who's hitting 349 hasn't even driven the ball yet i mean he has no home runs he has four rbis a bunch of bloop singles and uh, seeing eye ground balls that he's gotten at 340 when he gets going and starts driving the ball and hitting some home runs look out i mean he's he's in the prime of his career and connor joe might might drop off a little bit tanner but he's a really good hitter I mean, that's a guy that I think, yeah, I think he sat out yesterday for the first time, but if he plays 140, 150 games, I think he's going to, you know, hit close to 300 and maybe have 20 or 25 home runs. He's that, he's that capable, that kind of athlete. So yeah, we got, you got a couple guys that are, that are up there led by Crone that are probably going to come down a little bit, but there's a bunch of guys underneath that that are kind of, that are come back up, which is really the, the fun thing to look at. No, it is. And our uh, statistician and producer back there just uh, to let me know that Connor Joe and Chris Bryant are tied for the 14th best batting average in the league right now. So when you got two guys in the top 15, I mean, you're doing something right. Obviously we know CJ Crone uh, as of yesterday was leading the NL and uh, leading the league actually in home runs. He's got 16 RB guys so that's why they put themselves at this eight and four record and jerry as you look at it the dodgers are nine and three i don't think anybody and i'm driving the, the rockies bandwagon bus i don't think anybody says the rockies are going to catch the dodgers or or win the nl west <laughs> but where can they hang out with san diego and san francisco and i think that's the big question and as we sit right now san francisco's uh let's see here they were down at last check they're down in their game and that has just gone final they lost to the new york mets today six to two so the giants may be taking a step back again it's early but you're seeing the Rockies position themselves in a really good spot early on in this year looking in that NL West yeah I agree with you and you know when you're off that great start that you can do start looking at positions the playoffs and and in the division and see where you are in the standings but you know I think you're right the Dodgers you just look at them and you just see too much talent both uh, throwing the baseball, catching and hitting it, they're just, they're just really good, and they should be division winners. I think that the Giants going to fall off. I can't imagine them coming close to winning 107 games again this year. And and then you got the Padres who are really talented, 
but I don't think they've kind of come together yet as a group. And so I, I think it's the Dodgers up here and th- three teams underneath that that might be neck and neck this year. At least that's where hope is. So to answer your question, I, I think you, you look at Do- the Dodgers realistically as a division champion, and then you got that fight for that second spot in, in the in the in the playoffs and the wild card. And that's I think what the Rockets shooting at for right shooting for right now. And if Tanner, if they even come close to that. If they even get in the position where they're thinking about it, it's a great season. They're supposed to win 68 games. So when you're talking about threatening for a wild-card spot when you're supposed to win 68 games, I let's hope we can do that in August and September. It'll be a tremendous season. Now, I agree completely with you, Jerry. Jerry Schimmel, voice of the Colorado Rockies. I'm Tanner Schwint. This is Rockies Rundown presented by Autoplex. Autoplex Restyling Centers has a long history outfitting vehicles in Colorado with custom accessories to fit their customers' needs and surpass their expectations. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, Autoplex is your home for everything aftermarket. Check them out in Loveland. When we come back on the other side, Jerry and I break into Brendan Rogers' slow start, and we finally saw the bullpen meltdown that we knew was going to come at some point. We'll discuss next. It's Rocky's Rundown, live from the Allo Communication Studios on Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031 and 1310 KFK. Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. I don't know. I think there's some Rockies fans out there that might be okay with Mariano Rivera coming back and being in the bullpen, however old he is now. Welcome back into Rockies Rundown. I'm Tanner Schwint, joined by the voice of the Colorado Rockies, Jerry Schimmel. Uh, Jerry, you know, there's a lot of positive things to talk about with this team, but this was the this was the first meltdown from the bullpen that we've seen all year long. We knew it was coming at some point. Elise Chassin and uh, Lucas Gilbreth had a little bit of a rough outing yesterday. Yeah, they did, and yeah, you're right. That was inevitable. The the bullpen, I think, is improved, but it's not elite at least at this point. And when you get new faces in there, you you, you, you pull in off the injured list two weeks in the season. There's going to be some rough patches. You can throw all the bullpens you want, Tanner, uh, but there's nothing like live action. So, so to get that those uh, those pitchers in there that have been out for the last three weeks, going back to spring training, is difficult. You, you, you hope that uh, they can just survive that, and get over nerves, and get over that first outing. But that didn't happen with a couple of guys yesterday. But that was inevitable. And what you do is you just you move on. And and I still think the bullpen as a group is much better than it was a year ago. Especially probably looks like the back end now. Bard's pitching well. So I think we're going to be just fine with those guys. But they're going to take their lumps along the way, just like any bullpen does. Yeah, what do you attribute Ulysses Chassin to? Because he'd been he'd been cruising so far this year. He only goes in a third of an inning, three, uh, two hits, three earned runs given up, a walk. What do you attribute that to? Uh, putting the ball right over the plate. <laughs> <laughs> Poor pitch location. Uh, just, yeah, just throwing some mistakes. You know, I talked to Buddy about that yesterday after the game, and he said, you know, he just threw a couple bad pitches, and his his uh, ball's moving like it is as good or better than it ever has. They they feel like I mean, he's what thirty. 
34 years old or 35 now and still can get it done. He's got that rubber arm. But they say, you know, he's got velocity. The ball's moving. He just left a couple balls over the plate. And, and give Philadelphia credit, like Bud said, they, they took advantage of that. They didn't miss those mistakes. So just a couple bad pitches, just like he had in Texas. But Randall Gritchick uh, bailed him out on that incredible catch. But, yeah, these, these days, you know this, Tanner. When, uh, it's, been, it's been way for, for a long time. But if you leave a 93-mile-an-hour fastball up and out of the plate, it's going to get murdered. And that's what happened yesterday. So are you nervous? Does, does it put a little bit of fear back in you about this bullpen? No, I, I don't think so. You know, I think what you, you're you trying to find out what you got leading up to the eighth inning. You know, I think right now Carlos Estevez looked a lot better. He was really shaky his previous two appearances, but it looked a lot better yesterday. And I think that uh, Colome is probably going to be your eighth inning guy and then Bard in the back end. But, you know, leading up to that, if you got to take your pitcher out in the fifth inning or the sixth, then you have that, that bridge, which involves about four or five or six different pitchers. And there's the question mark with me. You know, what, what does that look like? So I think you're just trying to figure all that out and it will it will shake itself out it will it, it, you don't even have to i think give the manager you don't even have to make decisions those decisions make themselves by probably the second month of the season so no not at all there's some great arms out there they're just trying to put everything together early in the season well and that's the thing one of the things that uh, everybody looks at with uh, relief pitchers is, is first first pitch strikes right well you you yep. Chassin started off one i mean just one first pitch strike to four batters face stevenson was the same way estevez who came in and played uh, pitched pretty well. He was two of three. Uh, Marquez was a little bit lower on that as well. He was eighteen to twenty eight. And then Gilbreth, who I thought, uh, um, you know, he he can come along and be okay at it, uh, be an okay relief pitcher. But he was three of five. But one of the things that they don't take into account for Jerry that you just mentioned is quality strikes, not just first pitch strikes, but quality strikes. Yeah, exactly right. And you can't. You can't just go in there and throw a fastball down the middle and try to get ahead of the hitter. You got to throw a quality strike, and that is, hey, depending on the hitter and what the scouting report is, it's low and in or it's high and away, but it's in the strike zone, and that's what the, the quality strikes are. And then then you work from there. But if you can establish strike one, you have such an advantage. And I don't know if you caught Bill Schmidt was on. We have a show called Rockies All Access on Fridays, and I don't know if KFK carries it or not. But Bill Schmidt, I said, what you know, what's the attitude? What's the sort of um, the, the idea behind uh, pitching in the organization, you have sort of a theme or a message. And he says the number one message is throw strikes. And then after that, throw quality strikes. So exactly what you're getting at, Tanner. And if you don't do that at Coors Field, you're going to get in trouble. Jeff Francis, a terrific pitcher for the Rockies for many years, said this all the time, Tanner. I heard him say it a dozen times. You can't walk people at Coors Field. It's the worst thing you can possibly do is walk somebody at Coors Field. Because not do you put a man on base, but you lose a bit of your confidence. Then you have the course field factor, and then you have something that you know the, the doubt that creeps into your head because you're at course field. You said, "Man, the walks are just the worst thing you could possibly do." So that's what happened with uh, I think with Shasin yesterday. So if you walk somebody, don't establish, uh, you know, don't get ahead in the count. Everything kind of backfires, especially at Coors Field. Yeah, and because we know one swing of the bat there changes just absolutely everything. And I, I still have a little bit of faith in this bullpen, especially as you get Gilbreth uh, going a little bit and Stevenson a little bit going as well. Um, I, I, I still think that they'll be okay, but the starting pitching is going to have to go five or six innings, I think, uh, for this team to continue the success. Uh, let's talk about another dark area for the Rockies right now, and that's Brendan Rodgers, batting 095 on the year, just one RBI. 
I, I thought that maybe Tuesday night's game when he had that late double that got him on second base when it, uh, it was a little a little blooper up the middle seeing I see a double I guess in this case I thought he was going to get going after that Jerry he is not no yeah four four for forty two is four for forty two he has had a couple loud outs he, he lined out the first baseman Nick each of the last two games and hit the ball pretty well but that's not Brendan Rodgers Brendan Rodgers is a talented offensive player who's used to driving the ball. I mean, hitting the gaps and hitting home runs. And you know what? It's interesting. I talked to a batting coach about this, and if you watch Brennan batting practice, he looks like a complete stud. I mean, he's just sailing the ball out of the ballpark. He's, he's Brennan Rogers in batting practice, but for some reason, it's just not translating to the game. And I think for him, he's getting behind. I know at times he's tried to guess on pitches and guessed wrong and struck out. He struck out looking way too many times, so that's kind of in his head a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a tough one. You know, you're 8-4, and four and who you think might be one of your better hitters is hitting, you know, 095, you probably feel good about your team. You don't feel good about Rodgers, but you feel good about your team. And that's another thing. I just thought of this, too. You know, Marquez and um, – and Kyle Freeland really haven't thrown very well. I mean, no. those are your top two pitchers, and you're still eight and four. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. No, but you're... Brendan Rodgers, um, you know, I think a day like today, uh, getting a day off on the road might be good for him just to kind of settle in. I know they're going to go uh, work out with him a little bit uh, this afternoon and get him some a little bit of BP. So, man, he's just such a tremendously talented offensive player, Tanner. you got to believe he's going to come around at some point. Yeah, you, you would certainly think so. And that's the, th- that's the thing is that all the tools are there. When is that going to snap? and he's going to come around. I, I don't know when that moment is going to be, but the Rockies have to have that because you can't have your five-hole hitter uh, you know, sitting at 0-95. You just can't. And, I, and I'm a little surprised by this too, Jerry. Why haven't they moved him down a little bit more? Yeah, I, I, that's uh, that's a good question. I think that they just keep thinking he's going to break out. And you know, they have moved him up against left-handed starters especially, but I'm guessing he probably will move down now. Um, I don't know, you know, that sometimes when you do that with – Really good hitters are slumping. It hurts them. It, 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 it's a blow to their confidence. And, and so I think Buddy's thought is, you know what, I'm just keep running them out there. We're still winning. It's not like we have to have them in the lineup to win a game. Uh, keep running them out there. Keep hitting in fifth or third or whatever he's going to hit, and hopefully he comes around because when he does, it's going to be a beautiful thing. You know, what, what's interesting about uh, Brendan Rodgers, too, Tanner, is that this is the first time he's ever started the season on the active roster. He's always been hurt to begin the year. And now that he's hurt and not hurt, he's not hitting. <laughs> and so maybe he should have started the year on the injury list just to, just to be like old times. But, you know, last year, I think it was middle or early June, hit a home run, just took off, and it was great the rest of the season. So that's what you hope. He has one breakout game. Hopefully he'll be this on this road trip. Yeah, that would be nice because there's a big test coming up for the Rockies as we look ahead here. Jerry, this I just saw this. I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, again, talking with Jerry Schimmel, the voice of the Colorado Rockies. The Yankees and the Tigers played earlier today. Of course, Miguel Cabrera is, uh, uh, Miggy's looking for his 3,000th hit. Well, there was uh, runners on second and third. Miggy came up to bat, and the Yankees intentionally walked him. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, they wanted to walk him to set up the, the force. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think they were pitching. They were pitching around him because he's a dangerous hitter, but they just want to set up the force right there. They had second and third, and so you put that guy on, probably the you know, most dangerous hitter, 
take your chances with the guy that's on deck. So I, I don't have a problem with that at all. They weren't trying to, you know, have him avoid getting that hit to get to 3,000 or whatever. So I think it was just a managerial move. Yeah, well, Austin Meadows made him pay. He singled into center after yeah, that and two I runs scored. <laughs> so so it worked yeah. out. Uh, but that is something that we're going to talk about. I think Miggy, Miggy is bound to get that uh, in this next Rocky series. Uh, but on the other side, we get to c- uh, talk with Thomas Harding with MLB.com. Jerry, this guy knows baseball uh, better than most. Yes, he's he's terrific, and he's he's a very enlightening guy. I think you're going to enjoy him, Tanner. He uh, he's got a great sense of humor, and uh, he's been covering the Rockies for I think 23 or 24 years now for Major League Baseball. So got a, a wealth of knowledge and some awesome stories. All right, well, I'm looking forward to it. That's coming up next. It's Rockies Rundown presented by Autoplex on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 and 1310 KFK. Welcome back, Rockies Rundown here on Northern Colorado's Voice 1031 and 1310 KFKA. I am Tanner Schwint, joined by the voice of the Colorado Rockies, Jerry Schimmel. Also joining us, a writer for MLB.com. He's been covering the Colorado Rockies for a very long time now. It is Thomas Harding. Thomas, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on today. Of course, Thomas. Well, I want to start first uh, uh, with this designated hitter position for the Colorado Rockies. This was something that was met with skepti- uh, skepticism from many, uh, but it's paying off big time for the Rockies with that DH hitting incredibly well to start the year. What are your thoughts on the DH being in the NL now and uh, how the Rockies have utilized it? Well, you know, at one time in my life, I was against it, but I've, I've come around now simply because the National League, I think one of the leagues in Japan may have had pitchers batting, but basically this side of the world and most of the world, National League was pretty much an outlier when it came to that, and it hurt National League teams in interleague play, and there are a lot of interleague games, also hurt them in the World Series. Um, So looking at it, it's time. It was time for this to happen. Hey, uh, uh, Thomas, Jerry Schimmel here. How you doing? Hey, Jerry. I feel good and I feel clean, of course. <laughs> I knew that was coming. All right, here's a really important question for you. You have the yeah. nickname Thomas Hardball Harding. Hardball has this connotation of being kind of abrasive and tough. You're one of the nicest men in the world. How'd you get that nickname? <laughs> I don't know. I think I was um, going, I think that Clint Hurdle thought I was going a little bit too hard on a couple of questions. And he started calling me hardball, and it was natural. <laughs> and it just lasted from there. I mean, and, and, the, and the great thing about Clint is, you know, things come up. If he disagrees with you, you talk to him, and, and, and that's the end of it. So I don't mind being called hardball, especially considering the origins. Well, that, yeah, that, that's a pretty good nickname to have for a writer, Thomas. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, yeah. yeah. And, you know, writing. Hey, you. Sometimes you got. Sometimes you got to play a tough game there. Well, I'm just glad that I'm on this side of it. I'm. I'm glad you're not asking us <laughs> questions. I, I'd be a little nervous about that. 
Oh, gosh. We would have a good time, even if you were nervous. <laughs> All right, Thomas. Well, uh, I want to talk about uh, the, this Rockies fast start. Obviously, they're notorious for it. They, they've had this start happen about four times in, in Rockies history. Not every year has it turned out very good for them. Do you think this is going to be different this year, or do you think people need to pump the brakes on, on the hype behind the Rockies? Well, first of all, starts and finishes, I mean, it, it, it is how you finish, and there are a lot of things that go into the start of the season. So to try to gleam anything from a start, I think, is a bit um, foolhardy at this point. Um, now, here's what, here, here's what I see out of this club, is that uh, there were a lot of very dire predictions about their win total going into this, but a lot of those predictions came before they signed Chris Bryan and before they actually finished their lineup. In fact, I question anybody that looked at a bunch of numbers before anybody signed anywhere and came up with a win total for a team. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so I, I'm looking at a team that they improved their potential for power. The power actually hasn't shown up. Uh, Randall Gritchick and Chris Bryant were brought in to help with the home runs. Neither one of them have one right now. So that hasn't quite settled. Um, this team went from a team that, yeah, if if you were looking at the team before spring training, you would say that's not really a major league product there. But what you have now is, a, is I think, a pretty decent 28-man roster. The issue that comes up with this team is um, what happens if guys begin to get hurt. And I think if the pitching staff gets hurt, things could get ugly because right now they do not have the depth. Uh, they've got a good enough rotation to carry into the season. It's just that the depth simply isn't there. So that's, that's the big question that I have about this team right as we speak. Hey, Thomas, let me ask you this. When you look at the start by Cal Freeland and really by Armon Marquez, which have, they have not been great, top two pitchers, you haven't had Chris Bryant really drive the ball yet. Brendan Rodgers is hitting 095. Brian McMahon off to a slow start. Charlie Blackman 225. You know, you mentioned Grichik. Um, they really haven't. There's a handful of players, pitchers and position players, who have not had great starts. Yet you're eight and four. What does that say about this team? Well, I think what it says is that some of the development of the relief pitching that's gone on yeah. over a period of years here has is really starting to look good at this point. And I think that is the best thing that you can hang on to with this team. Now, is there relief depth? There should be, but I'm not sure that that group pitching in AAA right now has actually hit its stride yet. So that'll be a big question. So I think some of the things that this team has done is the depth at, um, at, at in the bullpen. It's a much deeper bullpen. You have more options to go to. And also, I think some of the younger players in the lineup are playing good baseball. They could pull a... Um, they they could pull Garrett Hansen before he got hurt into the lineup, or Alan Trejo right now, or um, it, it looks like Sam Hilliard is trying to break into the lineup. You want guys like that. Jonathan Daza, he's done well for them. So it looks like the bottom of the roster, of the Major League roster, because after suffering through some growing pains, it looks like they're better ball players right now. So I, I, I think there have been some things that have moved this team forward. Um, like I say, it goes back to depth. I, I don't know that they have enough if they start getting people hurt, but they may have enough to be competitive with the team that they have right now. When you talked about that outfield, Thomas, and, and Sam Hilliard, he was my uh, dark, horse, dark horse prediction uh, for this team to really have a breakout year with Gritchick and Bryant and Blackman and then some of those other guys that you can cycle in there. But those starting three, is this one of the best outfields in baseball? 
Um, I I would not say that. I mean, outfields with guys like Mike Trout in it are always going to be better. I think that when you, when I look at this outfield, they potentially can be a pretty good hitting team. Where you start running into issues, and we've we've already seen how Bud Black is going to deal with it. Where you start running into issues is the defensive end. But um, Jerry, I think you saw them in Texas, uh, where they made some moves late in ball games to get their best defensive outfield on the field. So it looks like they've already figured out some things about making sure that uh, when they need it, they can field the ball. Because if you look at um, Blackman, while he is a very smart outfielder and has really has a really good arm, the range isn't what it used to be. But they're able to get him out late in games because they have guys like Hilliard and Dawson on the bench. So um, I, I like the outfield. I like it from... I like it more from a depth standpoint than I thought I would, and it looks like the manager can figure out how to play it, but I'm not ready to put them in the upper echelon of outfielders just yet, and I would have to actually look at a bunch of teams. Frankly, I hadn't even thought in that vein, so I guess this is a thought exercise, and it's good. You know, sometimes you listen and you learn, and sometimes you get interviewed and you learn. Well, I don't know if there's anything to learn here, Thomas. It was just a quiet, you know, I don't, I don't know if there was any merit behind it, but uh, it was, I thought it was worth throwing out there. Jerry, if I can real quick, I want to ask one more quick follow-up question to that. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, uh, with Blackman, like you just said, there's been lots of talks uh, about him just being the everyday DH and, and keeping those defensive-minded players in the outfield. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't think it's there yet, and for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's, I, I, last year he led the league in assists, and this year I have not seen bad outfield play from Charlie Blackman. I mean, he is getting older, and I think that's why you look at it. But what I've seen is a Charlie Blackman that figures out which balls he can get to and makes the plays that he should make, and also can he outsmart a runner on the base pass? It looks like he's been able to do that like last year and this year. So I don't have a problem with making him an everyday DH and the DH position with the Rockies, like with a lot of American League teams right now, is a rotating position. I think that's a smart thing to do, to get guys rest, to cover for slumps. I think that it's very smart to have a rotating DH. The only time that you're going to have somebody be a DH is, is if that DH is David Ortiz, who's in the Hall of Fame, or Edgar Martinez, who's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, hey, Tanner, before we let... Uh, uh... Our man, go here, Thomas Harding. I can tell you a quick story. We're in Texas, and, and he mentioned the game in Texas. And that second game in Texas, I was doing the game by myself. We invited Thomas to come and do an inning with me. It was the fastest inning in the history of Major League Baseball. <laughs> it was three up and three down to the top and three up and three. It, the, the whole inning lasted like five five minutes and 13 seconds or something like that. Thomas had nothing to say. So, I Thomas, know. The, the, you, the whole you're inning gonna get was back a in live again. cough switch. It was nothing but a cough switch. You know, I didn't even <laughs> I was muted because they were just running through it quickly. What would you do to upset the baseball gods, Thomas? Come on now. Well, I, I think yeah. they looked instead up there and they saw me and they're like, this guy near a microphone? Let's, uh, <laughs> let's get this over with. So instead of Thomas Hardball Harding, it's Thomas Cough Switch Harding. That's your new name. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I like. Hey, there, there hasn't been a cough switch yet today, so maybe maybe so things maybe are going to change around for you, Thomas. Around, but that's uh, right. Well, Thomas, I appreciate, well, Thomas, uh, I appreciate your time uh, today. Um, I want to see. Uh, we'll we'll have you back on again as we go throughout the season. Here, there's no doubt. But uh, where can people find the great work that you do covering the Colorado Rockies? Well, first, go to Rockies.com. That's the main place for it. Um, also. Uh, also on Twitter, hard, at Harding, at MLB. 
But I encourage you to to look at my newsletter, which uh, comes out on Wednesdays and Saturdays every week, and a lot of coverage is in there. And you can sign up for that through the MLB account. And what's the best thing about my newsletter? No, it's not the wonderful information. It's the fact that it's free. So <laughs> you can you can go there for free and hopefully get wonderful information. No, oh, that's important there, Thomas. That's important. Before I let you go, we just saw it, uh, uh, the Yankees walk Miguel Cabrera, who's looking for his 3,000th hit. First of all, thoughts on them walking him? And secondly, what will that mean uh, for, for the game of baseball and another person getting their 3,000th hit against the Colorado Rockies? Uh, you know what? I think it's a. I, I think it's great. And the funny part about it is Antonio Sensatella. He's a fellow Venezuelan with, um, along with Miguel Cabrera. I think that deep down he's going to like the challenge of trying to stop him from getting number three thousand. But if he does get three thousand, he also goes down in Venezuelan baseball lore. So um, I the, the, never like to um, get get too granular about some team strategy when they're trying to win a baseball game. So the, whatever the Yankees did today, um, I don't have a huge problem with it. Um, and I admit I missed that part of the game. Was there a reason at that time? Were they setting up a double play? I, be, I believe it was second and third, and, and they walked him to get uh, uh, to, to get to the next guy, which uh, Austin Meadows made him pay anyways. Uh, but I know I just see in social media going crazy about it, the fact that they didn't let uh, Miggy go for his 3,000th. When you start managing a team for social media, <laughs> or really doing anything for social media, you've got problems. I mean, that that sounds like a that sounds like a smart thing to do. I mean, I guess if the Tigers wanted to keep this alive, they could have just had the runner run back to first base for double play in order just to, just to make sure he didn't get walked. Um, but that that sounds like uh, that, that that sounds like the Yankees are trying to win a baseball game. And what's what's wrong with that? Baseball is always good, and trying to win it is always good. No, I agree. Thomas, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You got any hardball questions? I'll let you fire them at Jerry real quick. Uh, Jerry, uh, where, where are you going to eat in Philadelphia? I think we've eaten there before. What was the name of that place downtown that uh, had the nice seafood bar? Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, Thomas and I and Patrick Saunders had had dinner several Saunders, years ago yes. at a place. So, yeah, let's do that again, my And, friend. of course, dinner dinner with you is always delightful. All right, that was that was not hardball at all. I'm starting to question the nickname now, Thomas. I don't know about that. I, th- I thought you were going to really put the pressure on him. Pressure on him? Yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not putting the pressure on him because uh, <laughs> you know, if next time I'm in the booth, he may actually turn on said cough. Switch, so. <laughs> all right, Thomas. Thanks so much, my man. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Adam. Cough switch. Thanks for coming on with us. <laughs> That's Thomas Harding there. Uh, why'd you do that to him, Jerry? Why, why did you? Why did you keep his cough switch on the whole time? Oh, I don't. Uh, come on, Jadine. Okay, say, say it again. Jaden had your mic shut off. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got me now. Yep, you're good now, Jerry. Okay, all right. You know what? Less of me is probably better for the show anyway. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, Tanner. It was it was so funny because he was so excited to come on. It's like I'm making my you know my my color commentary debut, and the inning went so fast we had no time. <laughs> so it was just like he left, and we were both laughing in there. So it was it was pretty funny. So his new name is Cop Switch for sure. Well, I think uh, um, we might I might have to have a conversation during the break as to why I didn't even get a chance to put a headset on, Jerry. I think we well, might need to have that conversation. 
Yeah, Tanner, we're looking for ratings. Okay, <laughs> that's all I can tell you. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll come back on the other side. Look ahead at uh, the big road series coming up with the Tigers and the Phillies. A big test for the Colorado Rockies. It's Rockies Rundown. If you've got questions or comments, text them in 888-530-0043. Rockies Rundown presented by Autoplex. We'll be right back. Welcome back into Rockies Rundown, presented by Autoplex. I am Tanner Schwint. Jerry Schimmel, the voice of the Colorado Rockies. Are you in, uh, are you in Detroit yet, Jerry? Yeah, we're here. We're in, we're in Motown. What yes, you, what, you got any big plans? What's on the docket? That's a good question. You know, uh, I was going to watch the Nuggets game tonight, game three of their series, but it doesn't start till 10 o'clock here, so that uh, <laughs> might prevent me from, from doing that. I don't know. Uh, one of the TV crew has a birthday today. So I think we might get together and celebrate that a little bit later on. But, no, I'm uh, right now I'm, I'm open. Well, yeah. how, how closely – that's something that, that I think a lot of people are curious about is how closely do, do the TV and the radio guys work together? Do you, do you like each other? Is there a rivalry? No, no, not at all. Uh, everybody gets along, and it's always been that way. Same with the Nuggets those years. I did that that team. So, no, it's just a it's big group. We all sit together in the same area of the airplane. So, um, no, we're we're all pulling for each other. We have each other on a lot. You know, I have, I have a lot of those TV guys on the pregame show, and, you know, some of those guys are going to come on our show as we proceed this year. So, no, really, really tight group. But that's a, that's a great group of people. There's no egos over there at all. So, yeah, we get along very well. No, that's awesome to hear. I've, I've always kind of just been curious about that. Uh, again, this is the Rockies Rundown. Any final thoughts? Text them in, 888-530-0043. Well, Jerry, the Rockies have uh, the biggest test, I think, to date so far, coming up with a seven-game road series, starting with three against Detroit tomorrow with Cincy on the mound, and then four on the road against Philadelphia. I've got a couple of minutes here. What are your thoughts on how this is going to play out? Yeah, you know, first of all, the Rockies have played more home games in each team in Major League Baseball, so um, that's part of the reason, too, that they're off to that great start. Is that they've been able to play at home in just two games in the road, and they've won both of those. So, no, it's going to be a test, and I think the biggest test is the length of it. You know, you play three games uh, against Detroit, then you travel, and then you play after play four games after that uh, against a team you've already seen, which is interesting. I think a lot of times when you play the same team two different series in the first three weeks of the season, it's always a little bit strange that way. So I think it'll be a no, it'll be a great test for the Rockies. I think they're actually anxious to get out on the road. Um, you know, a day off yesterday or today, I'm sure. I'm sorry, was exactly what you need after playing. And and you know what happens? I found that over the years that playing at Coors Field will beat you up. If you have a seven-game series at home, playing at altitude all those days, you're ready to get out of altitude and get back to sea level, which they're at now for the most part with Detroit. So I think the timing of this road trip is good in that you played that long homestand, had success, get a day off, 
get to sea level, and then you go back to work again. So I'm looking for good things. You know, if they can win four games out of seven, I think it'll be a successful road trip, and we'll see what happens starting tomorrow night. I agree with you, Jerry. Uh, I, I really do hope that they can uh, shake off those road woes from just a year ago. I'm a little nervous about it. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous, uh, but I'm excited to see what this team's really made of and what, what co- uh, cloth they're cut from. Jerry, what time are you back on tomorrow for the game? Let's see. We're on the air at 4.30 Mountain Time with Rockies on deck and Mountain Time 5.10 first pitch, I believe. Yeah, that's the case. All right, five. Yeah. Are you so, going to be able to join me tomorrow morning, Jerry? Yes, absolutely. All right, I'm let's... looking forward to that. And then, um, you know what's interesting about this, this series, too, with Detroit is we play a Saturday afternoon game. We have just a couple of those all year long. Most of the time it's Saturday night. So a Saturday afternoon game. So we got two afternoon games in a row that we travel after that. So I think the guys who were talking about last night, the guys are excited about playing a Saturday afternoon game in Detroit where the weather is going to be kind of dicey at night. So it's going to be better during the day. So two afternoon games in a row is pretty rare unless you're the Cubs. So we're looking forward to that. Absolutely, Jerry. Thanks so much for your insight, as always. Jerry Schimmel, the voice of the Colorado Rockies. You can catch him tomorrow on NOCO Now at 9.05. And then, of course, on the call on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 at 1310 KFK. For Jerry Schimmel, thanks to Thomas Harding for coming by. To Jaden Nelson, I am Tanner Schwint. you got high school baseball coming your way next right here on Northern Colorado's Voice. We'll see you next week.